<laughs> Hell, I suck at dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to an all-new episode of Help, I Suck at Dating. Woo! This is Jared Haven, joined in studio by Dean Ungler. Oh, hey! Let's give him a round of applause for that one. Dean, you just always deserve a round of applause. I didn't do anything, but I'll take the round you of applause. You always do something. We also have Vanessa Grimaldi, who Woo! also deserves a round of applause. Mark and Easton, thanks for joining us as always. Uh, no, ouch, that was. No, you guys. Mark's are back in studio for the first oh, time. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Oh, it's never the same without Mark. No, you guys are truly the backbone of this podcast, and you guys Thank don't deserve you. the credit. Or no, you guys. <laughs> You're right. Well, that, that part's true. You guys you don't, don't get deserve the credit you deserve. <laughs> Flip flop that. Well, we also have a very special guest uh, on the phone. We are joined by L. Huerta from Mend. L, how are you? Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Good to be back. How are you? We're fantastic. We're full of energy today, L. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for not ghosting me. I'm happy to be returning. <laughs> no, no, no ghosting on this. So, Elle, you've been on the podcast before, but this is the first time that you're talking to Dean because he's away. Oh, hi, Dean. Welcome back. Hi, Elle. Thank Pleasure you. to meet you over the phone. And so, Elle, we've talked about your app before with Mend, but specifically today, we wanted you to come on the podcast to talk about a very specific subject. Can you talk a little bit about an article that you wrote about ghosting someone? Yes. So, um, so we talked to a lot of menders about the reasons that they ghosted. Um, and we shared 14 people's responses why they ghosted. And I think it's just so interesting because if you really start to hear these stories and understand why they ghosted, I think it really helps if you are being ghosted. Um, I think it can kind of help you give that closure. So it's a, it's a really popular post right now. And I think a lot of people are, um, are reading it because, you know, so oftentimes you, you don't get that closure from the person. Um, so yeah, that that was the post. Yeah. So, what are your overall thoughts about ghosting? Do you, I'm, I'm assuming, judging by your article, you don't advocate it for one person to completely oh, ghost yeah, another. We've had advocates of it on the podcast before. Yeah. We've had we've had advocates of on the I, podcast before. I myself might be one. To I've be had I've had some what? of my friends that have given me reasons as to why they ghosted. Oh. Somebody. I mean, if they cross the line and they're disrespectful, then yeah, then ghost them. But yeah. I, mean, I think so, everyone kind of deserves a reason as to why they're not, you know, you don't want to date them anymore. Yes, I 100% agree. At MEND, we really believe in closing the loop, which is what we call it. Um, but, of course, there are some exceptions to that. Like, like Vanessa is saying, if someone does cross the line or you're really uncomfortable, um, sometimes that's the only option. But for, for the most part, I really believe in communicating and it can be so simple um you don't have to um you know share a long story or an explanation um it can just be so simple as saying like this isn't working for me um mm -hmm. and i think that's the part that's missing and that's the part that really hangs people up and my thought on ghosting um you know this isn't new this is just uh i think it's more painful now because you see all the signs that that person's continuing to live their life right like they're right. commenting on their friends instagrams and posting stories and and then at the same time they're also choosing not to talk to you like that feels so intentional and mm -hmm. that's the part that really hurts um and my advice to people who've been ghosted is to really remember why someone ghosts and i think that's why um, you know, this article that we posted that had a lot of reasons of why people ghosted was so popular. Um, do you find because, that, oh, I'm sorry, I was going to ask, do you find that there's one specific reason over others as to why people ghost, or is it just really kind of random? 
Um, there is one that I think comes up a lot. Um, there are a lot of different reasons for ghosting, but I think the one that comes up most often is that someone is scared to confront someone, right? Like it's, right. it's a difficult thing to reject someone to their face. Um, and a lot of people don't have the emotional maturity um, or they don't even, you know, know how to talk about it. And so it's just easier. It's almost like out of laziness and that's, you know, sad and unfortunate, mm-hmm. but that is the one that comes it's up. Cowardly. Yeah. It's, um, you know, a lot of people would rather just not deal with it. Not deal and, with it. And like leave the text hanging um, or, you know, not make the phone call than actually communicate. Um, and, I think that's a really good reason for walking away and letting go of that person, right? Like, if they mm-hmm. don't have the skills yet to be Absolutely. able to close the loop, like, you wouldn't want to be with them anyway. But I get why it's so hard to walk away because there's there are unanswered questions, right? But they're not the person who's going to answer those questions for you because they can't even, you know, close the loop when they're, you know, choosing to, to not see you anymore or talk to you. Um, Vanessa, have you ever been ghosted? Uh, yes. So it's a, <laughs> really the first time. Yeah. So when um, Ashley and Ben were away filming Winter Games, I went in and I um, I filled in for them, and that was like the first conversation that I had with Amy. I was like talking to someone, and he just randomly stopped. So anyone that's listening and doesn't understand the term ghosting, it's when someone just intentionally stops talking to you and stops communicating with you and they just become a ghost so that's the term ghosting and it's happened to me twice actually not super recently um, but I had met someone over the summer and just like never really went on a date we had just exchanged numbers and then um, they just stopped communicating and I'm like is it something that I did is it something that I said are these my thing is are they dating someone like? Are, yes. You you try to. It's <laughs> a very simple question and answer. Uh, Dean yes. Just chiming in. Yeah. Yep. That's what it is. They're dating someone else. Yes. One hundred percent. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the ego that comes into play, right? And I keep telling myself, if my ego didn't exist, then I wouldn't really care if someone stopped talking to me. And it, in the end, it's a blessing in disguise if that person doesn't have. Like you said, the the emotional capacity to deal with just closing the loop and ending that relationship respectfully, then imagine if you are in a relationship with them and they do actually hurt you, how are they going to mend that? Right. How are they going to repair that situation for you? And you, yeah, that, that's, that's the biggest response. sign for me that, it, right, that I don't want to be in a relationship with that person. So in the end, ghosting is, is a blessing in disguise. I have a question. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, question. So hmm. I have a, a friend, a, a girlfriend who has been dating this guy for, I want to say, maybe a month or two. It wasn't really very serious, um, but it, it was playful or whatever. Like, they hung out maybe, like, once a week at most. Uh, and then he eventually, like, he maybe ghosted her for, like, two weeks. And then eventually he texted her and said, hey, I just want you to know I'm dating someone else. I'm going to focus on that relationship um, and and not really be able to date you anymore. And she sent me the screenshot of him sending her that text message. And I was like, oh, that's very nice of him to close the loop. And her response was... Yeah, but now he like ma- he's making our you know casual relationship out to be more than it really was, and he's like assigning value to it when that value wasn't necessarily there. So, do you guys is there maybe like a benefit to ghosting because by doing what he did, which I think was a, a mature thing to do, she looked at it as a negative of being like, oh well, like he thinks that our relationship was more than it was by saying that he's talking to someone else. Like I didn't need that closure, that validation, but he's giving. No, it- no, I think that was a mature thing to do. I mean, yeah, so- I I feel like that. I 
I feel like that is totally fine. And I, I also feel like that's usually an edge case, right? Like it didn't really hurt anyone for him to say that. Mm-hmm. If she had been wondering and waiting, like that would have meant so much for him to communicate that. So I think that what he did was great. And, um, you know, she she knows that the relationship wasn't really important. It's not like he broadcasted that on Instagram. Um, you know, it was just a conversation between the two of them. So I feel like that that's fine. Okay. Yeah, I also think you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Because exactly. if he hadn't sent out some text message saying why the relationship ended or why he was ghosting her yeah she would have been like what a jerk that's ridiculous like was he was he assuming that we were nothing because like if he assumed that it was just casual then he would have been a jerk Mm -hmm. but since he assumed it was more she then you know replied by saying oh no it was was casual why would he ever think that so i think you just try to do the best you can in that situation i think that's what exactly what he was doing yeah, I think that was handled really well, and I love that he closed the loop. So congrats. Well, that's what I said too. She was like upset about it, and I was like, "Why would you be upset about it?" I think that was nice of him yeah, in a sense. Like, obviously, progress. it's it's not what you want to hear, but it was still like it allows you to kind right. of move on to the next thing. But that's yeah. that's kind of what we were talking about before um, with ghosting, and and that's kind of why we've had people advocate it in the past. Where sometimes there's a, well, more often than not, there's a gray area in relationships between dating and boyfriend girlfriend where it's mm-hmm. not serious. And, like, you feel weird, like, validating it by even, like, bringing it up and, like, closing the loop. And then so instead of doing that, you just kind of, like, fade away into oblivion and never respond. And So, Dean, for the sound of it, you've, you've ghosted someone. Right. Oh, oh, my. Yes. All right. Sounds so can like you. You're a I'm not a big time. No. I used to be a ghoster. I've ghosted and I've been ghosted. Uh-huh. I've been, uh, yeah, totally. I've been Dean, in situations. You've been ghosted? I don't believe that. No, I've definitely been ghosted. I don't think I've ever ghosted anybody, but I've certainly um sometimes taking a while to reply like days at a time uh-huh. potentially uh-huh. you know sure. no honestly so like i'll write back or you know back in my single days i would write back mm-hmm. but sometimes it would take longer than just a couple hours mm-hmm. so i don't know if that's technically ghosting or not because you still reply but it just took a while so dean i want you to explain the why not detailed oriented but <laughs> why you've ghosted um, I think, like I mentioned, it's always, it's always been early stages of a relationship. Like you've gone on a few dates. Um, maybe again, maybe just, I don't have the emotional mental capacity to then approach that girl and be like, Hey, the dates uh-huh. were fun, but now I don't have any interest in seeing you again. Because then again, like there's maybe a lot of like finality to it. Like once you say that, then you're like no longer able to date or even really talk to them as friends moving forward. It's a little mm-hmm. bit more challenging that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, I mean, the simple fact of it is it's just easier sometimes, you know? And I also want to ask you these, some of the people that you may have ghosted, you're not talking about relationships. You're oh, talking no, no, about no. girls that you've maybe met a couple times. Right. Girls, one date, two dates. I don't, I've never been in like a boyfriend, girlfriend, serious relationship and ghosted someone. That's, that's, that's bad. Exactly. That is bad. So Elle, I wanted to ask you for yeah. someone, for guys out there who potentially may have ghosted someone they've only met once. Is that okay or is that still not okay? <laughs> I so I still believe like whatever uh, whatever the level of involvement was, I still believe in closing the loop. Um, just because I think it's better to be safe than sorry. And I get that it forces you to confront a situation and say like, hey, actually, you know, I didn't feel um, I didn't feel a connection on our date. Um, it's better than not saying anything at all. Um, because I do think you have to put yourself in the shoes of the person who's being ghosted. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it is really confusing. Um, and it leaves them with a lot of unanswered questions 
And I think it can cause, you know, it can cause like more harm than good, right? To just completely walk away without saying anything. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there's the, you know, there's the next phase of from ghosting, it goes to zombieing. And I don't know if you guys have talked about zombieing. Mm -mm. No, please tell us. The zombie apocalypse is upon us. We need to know. Yeah. So I think zombieing is even more common now. So zombieing is when someone has ghosted you in one form of communication. So let's say you're no longer texting, mm. but then they're still following you on Instagram. They're yep. liking your Instagram posts. They're watching oh, your stories. Brutal. Um, and I think, I think that's so brutal. Um, but this, the thing that I always remind people about zombieing is you can't control when someone ghosts you, right? They've just mm-hmm. disappeared. But you can control if they're zombieing you, right? Like you can actually hide your story from them so you don't have to see them pop up every time you check your story. Um, you know, you can, I mean, it's it's more extreme, but you can block them. Like there are ways right. to kind of protect yourself from that if it really bothers you. Um, but I do think zombieing, zombieing is a lot more common now because we're just all on social media all the time. Can I ask who comes up with these names? <laughs> like zombieing, <laughs> ghosting, breadcrumbing? Like who Gas invents lighting. these? Yeah, true. I don't know. Good question. I will, I will say that sounds severe to me only because I only associate ghosting with non-serious relationships. Like relationships that lasted yeah. maybe a week or two. I don't, like, I think beyond that, yeah, that's not a relationship. Right. Well, yeah. it's, but it's well, still, still a relationship. Right. It's just right. a lesser yeah. sense of a relationship. So I always like, I always like look at that. And it's like, if I went on a date with someone, like one date, two dates, and then they ghosted me, and then they were zombieing me by like responding to my stories on Instagram, like I don't think I would really care that much because I wouldn't be that emotionally invested in the relationship in the first place to then be upset by someone zombieing me. You know what I mean? It depends, I guess, on oh, how. Well. I guess it depends on the depth of the relationship right. that you've had. Right, that's what I'm saying. So that's why I'm saying I associate ghosting with very early stage relationships, which don't have much emotional investment, which means that you don't get upset about the the breadcrumbing or the zombieing. I like, think. Of course. I think it depends, though, right? Like you can have a strong emotional connection or have high hopes for something early on, like in the early stages. And yeah. I feel like just based on the num- like the sheer number of memes that there are about zombieing in the early stages of relationships, I think there are a lot of people who. Um, who do find it, you know, difficult and painful when someone goes to them after a couple of days. Sure. No, absolutely. Yeah. There's actually a, a buddy of mine who said that he he's he ghosted a girl and he was we were out getting drinks one time. He was telling me about it. And he said that the reason that he did it was because he didn't feel a connection and he didn't want to have that conversation. It was very early on. It was one day and he he didn't want to have that conversation of telling her, Hey, it just didn't work out and her asking why. Mm-hmm. And then having him, mm-hmm. him to be honest, well, like it was this or it was that. So he said, I'd rather ghost her and be the jerk and let yeah, her hate me. Well, when, hold on. Let me, I'm, I'm not, I'm not advocating. I'm just giving a different perspective. What I'm saying is that he said, I'd rather be the jerk. So she hates me. Cause I'm never going to see her again anyway. So it's easier for her just to move on to be like, Oh, he was a jerk. So like I can move on to the next guy instead of him having that conversation with her being honest and then her having insecurities about it. Being honest and be like, hey, this well, is what I don't like about you. Exactly. Yeah, well, you don't sense. have to, you don't have to, I don't think you have to pinpoint exactly like, yeah. oh, your left ear was like curved and I don't like curved ears. Right. Like, you don't have to you pinpoint exactly what it is. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's just, you don't feel a connection and that's it. Yeah. You know? And yeah. sometimes that's all we need to hear is I don't, I didn't feel that connection. I went on a date with a guy and finally we kissed. This was like six Ooh. years ago. Finally, no, 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 no. This was last week. Make it juicier for us, Vanessa. <laughs> six days ago. There's nothing juicy about my dating life, I, or, or else I would tell you guys. But this is like about six years ago, and I remember thinking like, okay, I, I like him. I'm not, like, I have really good conversations with him, but I want to see if there's like an actual spark. And I remember I was kissing, and I was like, nah, I don't feel it. And I messaged him that night saying, listen, I didn't feel a spark between us. And 
you know, I don't want to waste my time or your time. And that was yeah. it. No, I, I agree with you, Vanessa. I think one of the best things that you could possibly say to someone when trying to end it would be to say, you're, I don't think you're my person. But what if it's a slow building spark? You know, Not even my person, just like, who gives, like person or not. Maybe you just want to casually date someone for three months and like right. have like a, a good fling with that person. But you have a really good connection with them. But that's all. That's all it's going to be. It doesn't have to be a person or not. It's just like yeah. you no. When I'm connect with someone or you don't. No. What I'm saying is when you're ending it, like instead of right. ghosting them to end it, something that you can say as a guy or a girl is, you know what? It was good, but I just don't think you know. I see a future. You're not my person. There isn't that spark like we all talked about. I think that's the best way to do it yeah. instead of ghosting. Because I think the worst part of ghosting is not so much the lack of closure. It's the 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 fact that one person is very indifferent towards you mm-hmm. you know right. that's, a, that's, that's a hard the, thing to swallow and that's the same thing with like if you're breaking up with someone it's always easy easier to be the person that's breaking up with someone because you've had time to process it and think about it mm. and no way i, I, I disagree i disagree too <laughs> no that's not really it's so, so much easier someone, to be broken up with than i'd rather not yeah no yeah no guys emotionally <laughs> think about let me finish my point i mean Elle, who do you agree with <laughs> that it's easier to be broken up with or to break up that's what jared and i think yeah I think it's way easier to be the person doing the breaking up. Oh, exactly. Can you explain? You've had. Can, okay, go ahead. Um, because, uh, so, I mean, they've actually done a lot of research on this too, but when you are yeah. rejected, um, whether it's socially or romantically, um, it activates the pain center in your brain. It's so much mm-hmm. more painful to be rejected, regardless of the reason. Um, than it is to actually do the breaking up. And, of course, there are, like, really intense situations, like if you were married for 20 years, where, yes, it's more complicated, but ultimately when someone chooses to no longer be with you, the person who wasn't involved with that choice feels more emotional pain, and it takes them longer, typically. Right. And I think it's also because if you're the person that's breaking up with your significant other, you've had time to process it. You've had time to accept the 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 new change that's going to be coming, whereas the person that you're breaking up with is like, where's it coming from? Really, Obviously, yeah. you had time to think about this. You, it's not like you wake up in the morning and say like, oh, I don't want to be with you anymore. It's a process. So for me, when I'm if I'm being broken up with, I I don't know if it's necessarily the idea of being rejected. I think it's the idea that the person had thought about this for whether it's a week, a month, two months. They had they actually thought about this before doing it you know it's the process of thinking that you're going to leave me hurts me more than the actual act of leaving me dean and mark i kind of want to hear your thoughts about it because dean i think you might be on the same page with me where i think it's easier to be broken up with than it is to break up with somebody but mark i think you're on the opposite i side agree of with it. the women on this one i think it's so, easier to dump than to get dumped why mm-hmm. uh because just what they're saying you're in the driver's seat you're in control you've decided this is over so you aren't as emotionally invested as you would as the other person probably mm-hmm. is and the other person just getting slapped in the face out of the blue with a bucket of ice water mm-hmm. so dean why do you think so why do you think it's easier to be broken up with i think it's much i think i would much prefer being hurt than hurting someone else i agree and because of that i would much rather get dumped than dump someone else because i think it goes I, back but this goes back to you guys not wanting this is <laughs> it's the same thing. This goes back to the idea that you advocate ghosting because you're too you're too much of a pussy to hurt wow. someone. Yeah. Wow. First of all, first of all, we're not advocating <laughs> yes. pussy. I mean, God, we're not. God, <laughs> cut that out.
It is. It's okay, worked up there. Oh! <laughs> it does so oh, that's... <laughs> all about avoiding confrontation, right? And it's yeah. right. you, you guys would prefer to avoid confrontation. Um, well, Dean's saying there's know. no guilt in getting dumped. And that the guilt exactly. is really the difficult emotion. Here. I'd rather live with pain than live with shame and guilt, which is both things that like Dean and I both have gone through. Yeah. And the idea of breaking up with someone is so painful and it really sucks. When you know that they're fully invested, it causes a lot of guilt. It's not so much that I shy away from competition, uh, confrontation. I've never ghosted anybody. And so it's just more so the fact that I would rather be the person hurt in a relationship than hurting someone else. That's what it really comes down mm-hmm. to Agreed. for me. Because I know I can handle it. I don't know if I... And, yeah, and you'll get I over should, it. But that guilt can linger for a long time. Of course. And I've yeah. been through a relationship where I broke up with somebody. Earlier in my 20s, I was dating a girl who was wonderful and incredible. And we had a loving relationship. But it was just time to end. And I knew that I had to go my separate way. And ending that was one of the worst things that I ever had to do. Because I knew how much pain I was putting her through by saying, I just don't think this is it. When she saw marriage. And, you know, and, it's, and we both saw it at one point. And so, for me, going through that... I would just so much rather have somebody say, you know, I'd I'd rather have somebody break up with me. I really you know, would. I I wonder if you've experienced your big big heartbreak yet, because I wonder if you had, if you would be saying that. Well, hopefully not. Mm-hmm. If I haven't experienced my big heartbreak, you never will. Wait, what? If you haven't, well, yeah, I, I never will now. Yeah. I just, I, I, can you explain that I further? Wonder. Why why you think I'm in the thought process I am because I haven't gone through a big heartbreak? So I think that when you go through um, when you go through a major major heartbreak, it's just it's so devastating, so painful, mm-hmm. um, and I it's hard to imagine wanting like choosing that over um, or you know choosing to hurt someone else versus choosing to but here's the here here's the argument to that is because if you've been through a heartbreak which i personally have been through a couple heartbreaks i would much rather knowing how bad it hurts and how much it sucks i'd much rather put myself through it again than put someone else through it uh i i under okay i understand what everyone is saying (laughs) yeah Um, i think it's not like choosing one over the other but originally it was about like which one is more painful Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that that's my point is like for me personally, and I feel like for a lot of people um, being broken up with is so much more painful than having to yeah. break up with someone. It's, but it's not like, you know, you never want to have to choose between breaking up and broken up with. I will <laughs> say when I anyone. when I broke up with someone, I cried more over that than when I got was dumped because when I got dumped I went into problem solving mode like okay here's all I'm going to win them back I'm going to see them at this thing when I see them there I'm going to yeah. totally lay it on I'm going to bring them flowers whatever it is I can fix this problem but when I dumped I was a mess so maybe there's something to this guilt is a very powerful yeah, emotion right. Right. definitely a difference of opinion the only difference is our opinion is right and your opinion is wrong <laughs> I, I, and you know, like you said like you, you wouldn't choose one or the other and both are really bad I think it's just uh, in terms of an uh, opinion and in terms of where you're talking about like me never going through a heartbreak after I broke up with my significant other earlier in my 20s um, 
I went through like six months of kind of like dating with other people. And then I went through uh, a realization in my life of thinking that I should be back with her. And then it caused all these different complications. Then I kind of went through my own mini heartbreak. So I don't know. It's really hard to distinguish whether I went through that heartbreak or not. Um, but I think it really comes down to opinion because like I said, I, I, I still I, I still side on the fact I'd rather be the person broken up with. Agreed. Mm, I I still yeah side with my my strong opinion of being the one to break up. With. Well, L, we really want to thank you once again for coming on the podcast. As Thanks, always, Al. you are such a wonderful you, guest, guys. and you are welcome yeah. anytime, guys. Check out Mend; it's an amazing app that really helps fix a broken heart. L, thank you once again for coming on the podcast. Thank you, L. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Bye, guys. Take care. We'll talk Bye. to you. Talk to you soon. Hopefully. Bye. Oh God. A conversation kind of turned, turned, turned away from. <laughs> F- off, Vanessa. Hey, hey, whoa, <laughs> hey, seriously. Whoa, hey. Wait, you know, hold on, hold on. I, hold on. <laughs> my agency from, it comes with a text message that Dean sent me yesterday. <laughs> okay, Dean says, Mrs. Worldwide, exclamation point, enter. New message. Would you ever consider freezing your eggs? What? It was a genuine question. (laughs) Okay. Why did you ask that? Okay, so um, I was in Colorado this past weekend, and on my flight from Los Angeles to Denver, I sat next to an older woman who was 59 years old, um, and she said that she didn't get married until later in life and how she always wanted to have a family. And she was put in a position where she then had to adopt her son, which is great. I definitely advocate adopting. But she said that if she could go back in time into her early 30s, late 20s, she would freeze her eggs because of the burden that women are placed under biologically because, you know, obviously your window to, to give and have children is is smaller than a man's. And so because of that, you then place a lot of pressure on yourself to enter into a relationship and have those kids. And it just, it occurred to me, I was like, well, you know, Vanessa, you're, you're picky when it comes to dating men, rightfully so, you should be, but then you're also kind of putting a lot of pressure on yourself because you want to have those children, and so it's kind of like two opposing forces, and my, I was just asking you, because I think like if you were to go and freeze your eggs, it would alleviate you of ha- the pressure right. of having to have kids within the next five years, mm-hmm. and it would allow you to continue to be picky, obviously, and make sure you find the right person that is exactly right for you, not the person that you need to be with to have kids absolutely i mean I, I was actually kidding i wasn't upset i just found that it was like so out of the blue um i was just thinking about you i'm sorry i was no no i agree pre- and i was i totally appreciate that so just to give you guys a little bit of background maybe tmi but whatever um last year i got off when i turned 30 i got off the pill and i just wanted to release my body of all like all the chemicals and all the toxins and all that stuff so i'm like you know what i'm turning 30 let me just get rid of all of it got and then now that i'm turning 31 on september 30th i was having that discussion with myself which is weird because when you send me that text message i'm like oh my god i was actually talking about it with a friend of mine who's in her 40s and um she had to do in vitro twice and it didn't work out and and so um i started having this conversation with her and she said the exact same thing if she can go back to her early 30s she would freeze her eggs because now she's having difficulty um, conceiving so it is a topic that I'm having with myself um, and so yeah I just found it weird it was like weird timing so that's that's something that I was uh, considering doing what's the what's the drawback of it you just you think it I guess it's like it makes me sad knowing that I have it, it, it came it's coming down to the point where Yes, I don't have anyone in my life. 
Um, and it's a reminder of like, oh, what if it doesn't happen that I, what if it's two things, right? Twofold. One, what if it, what if I don't find anyone to have a baby with? Okay. So then I have my eggs and I can have a baby by myself. Two, what if it's like super late down the line, like another 10 years before I find someone to have a family with, um, am am I going to have to wait 10 years to have a baby? You know, so it's obviously certain things like I, I'm not one to to jump into any relationship. And like you said, I'm really picky with who I decide to welcome into my life. Um, but it's just it's scary. I never thought hitting 31 that I would have. I'm going to start crying that I would have Aww. this type of conversation. You know, no, so Vanessa. But do you? I mean, Tanya's looked into this. Tanya, we, we've talked to her before. Tanya's on the Ryan Seacrest show, Scrubbing with Becca Tilly. She's been on the show a bunch of times. Love Tanya. She's looked into this as well, and she's been told, don't even, she's also 31. Don't worry about it. When you're 35, maybe start thinking about it then. But you're too young to be, even be thinking about it because you don't need to yet. Well, I always hear that number thrown around 35. That's is it, that scientifically proven? That's what a geriatric pregnancy from that point forward is. Which they should really change the name of that. Geriatric? Geriatric. <laughs> yeah, it makes it sound Good much God, older than 35. Yeah. Terrible. Okay, uh, that's okay. That's Mark's point then that you shouldn't even consider until well, thirty. Well, I don't. I don't know much about it. I know that, that that's what Tanya has been told by people yeah. because I think every woman in the thirties at least has the thought: Is this something I need to mm-hmm. think about? Yeah. yeah. And these days, women are. It's just not like it used to be when women would graduate high school and start a family. It's right. not like that anymore. Right. You're having lives and careers, and that's and and that's a great thing. And we should embrace that. And mm-hmm. you should see mm-hmm. that as a positive rather than feeling those feelings you're feeling, which I do totally understand and respect. Yeah. And I hope any girl or woman listening to this, I'm not encouraging women to settle down and find someone. I'm encouraging you to fulfill your dreams, chase your career goals, you know, do the things that you know that you are set to do and it'll all come together. But obviously every now and then I'm like, oh, it would be nice to have someone that I can share these amazing accomplishments with, that I can sit down and cuddle with and, you know, for them to be proud of me and for me to be proud of myself. So I'm I'm really, 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 really happy on my own right now and just focusing on work and focusing on on the things that I love to do. Um, But of course, I, I would love to be a mom, and that's, that's, I think I was put on earth to be a mom, and I just can't wait to be a mom. I agree with that. You give off very motherly vibes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. And you have Jared and I to share all your accomplishments yeah, with. Yeah, we're and... pretty much your kids anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not where I was going, but my, everything you said minus the cuddling, we're absolutely here for you. No, absolutely. <laughs> Um, and Vanessa, yeah, you're going to have no problem finding someone that I'm guaranteeing, uh, that I'm very confident of. You know what else? What I'm... a lucky person that will be. Oh, oh yeah. Seriously. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Do you guys uh, see uh, Vanessa's uh, Instagram post today? Case in point, that's how lucky they're going to be. Exactly. Just go ahead and take I a look. I didn't see if it, but I can only time. imagine. Um, you know what else is pretty amazing? No, what? A nice little segue, I think. What? Have you ever heard of a little thing called Jet Sweep? Oh, X? I have heard of them. You've heard of Jet Tell Sweep? Tell us about it. Oh, I would love to tell you about it. So, Jet Sweep pretty much is semi private flying for not so private fares. You have all air, no lines, guys. Jet Sweep X is making flying fun again. Guess what? You don't have to show up to LAX two hours early and wait in line, wait in security, wait to get checked in, wait four hours while they board seven groups ahead of you. You get to show up 15 minutes before your flight. There are no crowds, no lines, also no stress. Business class legroom on board, as well as free drinks, snacks, and cocktails. Good God, this sounds amazing, guys. Jet Suite X, the best best of a private jet experience for the price of commercial flying. 
And guess what? We're flying exclusively for everyone. We're flying down to the iHeart Festival in September on Jet Suite X. We're all going there. We're going to have a good time. This will be the first time I'm ever flying private. Uh, Vanessa, are you coming? You're going to be still in Canada, aren't you? I'm hoping I can still make you it. You have to Meet fly into L.A. so you can experience Jet Suite X for yourself. We're all going down there for the iHeart Festival, all flying Jet Suite X. You guys can, too. Prices are just like commercial ones, but you get the experience of flying private. This is the air travel company that you have been waiting for, Jet Suite X. Nice. I'm pumped. I was supposed to fly private okay. for the first time in my life last year, and I ended up oversleeping and missing the, the, the flight. No. <laughs> uh, but <Dean> and- <laughs> very, very, in a nutshell. very excited to be able to fly out on Jet Suite X to Las Vegas in September. Um, it's going to be a great experience. Yeah, it'll be a good time. It. Yeah, it'll be great. We're super excited. Uh, Jared, you mentioned earlier, who comes up with these names for these dating terms? Uh, well, I don't know who comes yeah. up with the names, God? but I have a list of dating terms. Oh. I want to see if you guys are up to speed on what these are. Okay. I'm a little nervous. Oh, God. We've okay. uh, talked ghosting quite a bit. We know what ghosting is. Do you know what orbiting is? <laughs> or can you figure out what orbiting it is? You kind of just like stay around. They kind yeah. of go. You like stay at the same level of relationship for an extended period of time, and it's maybe like not too emotionally deep. Yeah, I don't you know. guys are like dating, but you're not committed. You're always just kind of like on the outside, on the fringe. That sounds about right. This describes it as more like what she was saying is zombieing. It's the it's the cut not being cut off completely, ghosting, but still staying on people's Snapchat, Instagram, and so forth. Yeah, okay. But sounds no like direct communication. Sounds so, all like zombieing. Yeah. Uh, submarining. Oh. What's submarining? <laughs> uh, submarining. What? Submarining. Well, okay, so submarine goes underwater. Okay. And it's very sneaky. Very uh-huh. sneaky. Getting silent. warmer. Getting warmer. <laughs> so. And then what does a submarine do? It has. It fires so missiles. No, no, not. No missile. Oh, what, Vanessa? It comes back up. Oh. Oh, interesting. Oh. It's a ghost followed by a sudden reappearance acting like everything's fine. Oh, okay. Uh, Months later, like, hey, how you doing? Kind of like when George on Seinfeld got fired from his job but then showed up on Monday as if <laughs> nothing happened. happened. That's a good, that's a good one. I've definitely been guilty of that submarining. Oh, yeah, but yeah. Really? Yeah. What happened? You were just like, I made a huge mistake. I'm just going to act no, as if just... uh, nothing happened. Well, it's kind of a reverse ghost. It's a reverse ghost. Go, well, it's it's like trying to cancel out your ghost. Right. It's like, oh, that, that never happened. Let's I not guess, even talk about that. I guess my only question I should have asked Elvis is how long do you have to ghost someone in order to be ghosting? For example, if you don't talk to if you don't respond for two weeks, is that ghosting? ghosting? Yeah. I think it's probably a couple yeah. days. Forever, no? Yeah, but at what point does it become ghosting? What point does it become uh that was my question, because if we have a term for submarining, which is ghosting someone but then coming back, then mm. there has to be some sort of extent a period of time. That defines ghosting. Hmm. I think it's just a couple days. Only a couple days. I'm gonna say 72 hours, three days. That's that's yeah, the that's when you go from ghosting like to mm-hmm. or ignoring to ghosting. Hey, we're ignoring, just but, making up rules on how also, I guess, I like it, <laughs> it depends on how intense the relationship is to begin oh, with. Oh yeah. If you yeah. went on a one or two dates, it's probably longer than that if it's very casual. But if you've mm-hmm. slept together and it's 72 hours, it's a ghost. Yeah, I could see that. Breadcrumbing. We know that. Oh, yeah, we talked oh, about that one. Yeah, we know that. We spoke about it last week. Well, it's who, like when you give like um, just enough you know, to like keep them on the yeah. on the line. Yeah, you keep stringing them along. Uh, do you know what benching is? We talked about benching before too. Okay. Uh, some it's like when you dump someone ish, but then you kind of keep talking to them because you're dating someone else, and if that yeah, relationship like, doesn't work out, then you bring that other person off the bench. <laughs> right. Oh, right. <laughs> it's like a sports like term. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like the walking encyclopedia of, like, encyclopedia of all of hey, you, you, we're, we're all on a dating podcast, guys. We should be 
equally knowledgeable about all this. Casually stuff. dating somebody, but also seeing other people. But they're there. They're like your fail safe. Right. See, I envision, I envision benching like calling in the relief pitcher, <laughs> like the guys up in the mound and the pitcher's not working out. So he's like, you know what? Call into the bullpen. Here we go. I need the lefty. How about? Uh, well, we know what catfishing is. I'll move. Past. How about cushioning? You know what cushioning is? Not even a clue. Cushioning. Cushioning. So someone that you invite to over to watch movies and snuggle well, with, but yeah, nothing else. soft. So yeah. I, I was thinking snuggle as well. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like this one. This is where you're in a relationship and you feel like it's not going that great. So you start putting out feelers so that when Ooh. you do get dumped, they are your cushion. Wow. Oh. You will fall onto your cushion and everything will be okay. So you're expecting to get dumped. Or you're planning on dumping oh. soon. Yeah, like this is starting have... to hit the rocks a little bit. I better start getting some other options that's available. Ma- that's messed up. Wait, that you... might be the worst one out of all of them, I wait, think. Wait, do you, so you... I was going to say that's smart. <laughs> yeah, wait, wow. Wait. That's what? Smart. Oh, so wait. Is cushioning when you try to get other options, or is cushioning when you're about to break up with someone, you give a lot of signs toward that person to it, be like, no, it's, it's not going to work it's out. It's the other options. Right. It, sounds like you're, other options. it sounds like you're planning on breaking up with someone and before doing that, you then start getting feelers out there so that way once you break up, you have something to fall back oh, on. Oh, oh yeah, cushioning's no, bad. No, I, start I, up your flirting okay, engine again. On. Wait, is this like a backup? Like if, if let's say Dean is breaking up with me and yeah. I'm like, oh, shit, I think Dean's going to break up with me. Let me find someone I can fall back on. No. Yes. No, no, no. It would be it would be me planning to break up with Vanessa. Either and one, then, really. Oh, I see. Okay. I think I yes. think if you feel like you could be getting dumped since you're there flirting with other people, that's a form of cushioning. Cushioning's bad. That's yeah. that's borderline okay. cheating. I was about to say it's okay. kind of like it's emotional it. cheating. Sorry, I, take it back. I, take yeah. it back. I agree with that. Uh, slow fade. Uh, kind of self-explanatory. It's kind of like right. ghosting. Yeah, I would exactly. assume it's almost. a slow yeah. ghost. Yeah. yeah, it's a slow ghost. Also <laughs> called uh, weaning. Like uh, weaning. Weaning. Weaning? Sure. Like yeah. a wiener? No. You know, like you wean a baby off oh. <laughs> breast milk or breast something. Breast milk, yeah. you wean. It's a slow fade. Okay. Yeah. You know where my head's at. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Stashing. Is that kind of like benching? That's, That's what like I... the opposite, I guess. Like just having a bunch of like people lined up that you're dating at the same time. No, that's not the definition here. Someone that you might know is always going to stick around, so you like kind of stash them away and date other people. And then if that doesn't work out, then you go back. No, it's not that. Stashing is when you're actually in a relationship with someone but refuse to introduce them to friends and family. (gasps) Yeah, ouch. That's the worst. You do not want to. Why would that be called stashing? You stashed away. You're just like stashed away. Yeah. They're stashed away in the attic. Nobody knows they're there. I've been stashed before. Really? Stashed. Yeah. Who I would s- want to stash you? That's like Matilda. <laughs> I was thinking Harry Potter, but yeah. I think I almost do the opposite of stashing, where I introduce girls that I'm dating to my friends way too quickly. Mm. Sometimes. Same. I, I know. I remember that now. I'm like, I know. Even with you guys, you guys, are you dating anyone? And that's the thing. Last time I said I was dating someone, I was casually dating someone, and it turned out to be this whole thing that I was actually in a relationship and I wasn't. <laughs> so until I'm actually boyfriend and girlfriend with someone, that's when I'm going to say I'm dating someone. Well, that's a little bit dishonest, Vanessa. We don't like that. No, no, it's not dishonest. It's a lie by omission. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's okay. No, We're. Wait, why is it a lie by omission? Because she's going to be dating people and not be telling us about them. And you know what? Obviously, we're going to be asking her about her dating life. And she's going to say, no, I'm not dating anyone. But in reality. Hey, Vanessa, you dating anybody? (laughs) (laughs) I'm open to dating. So It sounds like she might be. Yeah, it's not not a no. And see, now it's going to be the girl cried wolf situation where you're going to keep saying no. We're at six months from now. You're going to keep saying no. Maybe. Maybe. But but why not say yes? I just am not comfortable giving any more details. Yeah. Well, I'm not giving any details because I'm not specifically dating i'm not dating someone i'm open to dating so maybe i've gone on a few dates yeah that's okay you know like i 
but I'm not like seriously specifically. Just, yeah, you're not in a committed person. relationship. Just don't be anyone's cushion. No, no Amen. I don't exactly anyone's cushion. I don't really understand this one. It's called breezing. Okay. Hold on. I want to try to figure this okay. one out. Breezing. Is it like, um, will you breeze by somebody? I don't know. Would that yeah. make any sense? No. You're, it's like a touch and go thing. Like a breeze is gentle and in and out. I don't know. So According like, to this, and I'm reading all of these on women.com, by the way. Uh, it's it's when you don't care about the rules of dating, playing games, gender roles. You're just breezing. So you're yeah. fluid. Yeah. I don't know if you're fluid. Maybe you're fluid, but well, I think it's more like we're not overthinking it. It's, it's just like when very... you're in an open marriage kind of thing. Where you're like, oh, maybe. I mean, it could be. That yeah, it could, could be. be. It under could be that. The description of mm -hmm. what breathing yeah, is. Yeah, could be. I will. What's funny is not to get off topic. We'll actually keep going. Please don't get off topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I kind of want to hear it. No, I just realized I don't want to share this story because it can get it could get misinterpreted pretty easily. I All think. right, let's move on then. Any other terms? Uh, let's see. Mooning. <laughs> like pulling your nope, pants down. Not like that. Nope. Mooning is putting your phone on do not disturb so nobody can text you. Or like laying your phone face down at the dinner table yeah, or something sure. like that. Oh, how about, the, I'll give you this one. I'll leave you with this one. You can probably figure this out. Caspering. Oh, ghosting. I think we've but, talked about Caspering before. But it's it's different than just ghosting. Hold on. Friendly ghosting. It's, friendly yeah. ghosting. Friendly ghosting. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, is ghostly, how can ghosting be interpreted as friendly? According to this, rather than completely disappearing from someone's life with no explanation, you tell the person how you feel and then disappear from their life. Caspering. No. Okay, that's fine. That doesn't make sense. That sounds like ghosting. That's like... That's it's, just, it's just breaking up, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, it's exactly that's what it is, even, breaking up. I'm, we're going to change that definition because I think what caspering should be is is you end the, the romantic relationship, but then you maintain a friendship with them without ever clarifying that we're going to go from dating and being romantic mm. interests to then being friends. And I think I would say I'm guilty of that, is where I'll end the romantic thing without saying that I'm ending it, but then stay friendly with them. You know what I mean? That's a tough transition, uh, though. Wait, yeah, how do you? Really yeah, tough. how do you transition? So the next time you these, you just you start calling him buddy, or you start saying pal, oh, or dude, dude, dude. Dudes in there. <laughs> yeah, the dude is a bad Casper. one. Casper. That's. I think that's a better definition for Casper. But when, like but, Casper. but there's got to be a moment, like like she goes in to give you a kiss, and you kind of back up that she knows. That would be my assumption. Yeah, and then you can text the next day and be like, Hey, remember that time you tried to kiss me? That's such a good one, bud. Like that kind <laughs> oh, of thing. Yeah. Good one, brah. Terrible. I've definitely done that before. <laughs> because I like it's good to maintain a friendship and nice to people, but sometimes you just you know you don't want to be like, hey, this relationship is over. That seems a bit of a yeah, but to like bring this back full circle, didn't we uh, you know clap for the guy that did that earlier in the segment or in, first in the podcast who was like clarified saying he didn't want a yes, relationship? You're right, and I did tell my friend I was like, I think you should be grateful and proud of him for saying that because it, yeah, it's definitely. I don't know. I don't know. That's to me, helpful. Vanessa called you a P word earlier in the show, and I feel like that might be an example of a P word. <laughs> yeah, but that's also, that just, it's, what's wrong? With, I mean, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you're going to break up, break up. The whole friendship after breakup thing is nonsense and only is going to make one of you happy. The other person right. is heartbroken. Well, Unless it's a couple of months down the line, then that's not even true. That's reason. different. And yeah. that leads us into a topic yeah. that we want to discuss, too, is the on-again, off-again relationship. Do you think that no. if you break up with someone and then maintain a friendship that's non-physical or romantic, is that still on-again, off-again, or is that just... No, it's only on-again once once you get become physical. romantic again. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, no, that's, like, two wins for me, two wins take less. Like, uh, we are never... Whenever I or if someone breaks up with me, I'm never, ever, ever getting back together with them again. Hey, like Vanessa, Taylor Swift. Uh, Vanessa, have you ever yeah. gone through the situation where you broke up with somebody, but it was 
you guys broke up, but you still hung out and maybe you hooked up one night. Have you ever been through a situation nope. like that? Never? Nope. Never. And I, I discussed this on the podcast before. I've never hooked up with an ex or someone that I recently broke up with or never, 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 never. I'm like very black and white and I'm learning how to deal with the areas of gray because life is very, uh, you know, the, the, the unknown is a little bit scary for me sometimes. Life is, the, is in the gray. Yeah, exactly. So, but when I'm, when I'm in a relationship, I'm very black and white. Like I'm either all in or I'm all out. And if someone is half in, then I'm going to be, I'm going to be out, you know, and if we're breaking up and, and there's a reason why we're breaking up, then I'm going to accept that. and move on. I will say that. I'm not going to look back. That's definitely commendable. My, one of my really, really good friends went through a breakup about six months ago and we were talking yesterday. Um, like he's obviously asking about my dating life and I, I bring it back on him. I was like, Hey, uh, like when's the last time you talked to this girl that they dated for maybe like nine months broke up. And he goes, uh, the last time I talked to her was the day that we broke up. And I looked at him, I was like, wow, man, I really respect you for that because that's a hard thing to do mm-hmm. is just to sever, you know, you're so used to talking to this person every single day and seeing them so often. And then just going from that to zero is it's a difficult thing to do. So I think right. that in theory, like it's probably better to do what you do, Vanessa, but it's, it's challenging yeah. sometimes. It's well, definitely it's hard. hard. I mean, it's, it's, I don't like for me, it's easier for me to go cold turkey and just make sure I get everything I need to say out before, you know, like then you go through all those stages and you try to like Mark, you're trying to say before you try to win, you go into like, um, uh, that, that problem mode solving of, mode, yeah, problem solving mode. And you try to win them back or whatever. And of course, like that goes through my mind. I'm like, Oh my God, I hope I'm going to look so hot tonight. And I bump into them and I never end up bumping into anyone. But, um, no, I, for me, I, I know what works best for me. And, and we spoke about this before I delete the thread of conversations. I don't block them. I don't delete them or, or anything. Cause I feel like, you know, I just, I don't want to have any negative energy after I'm done processing the breakup. But for me, the biggest thing is just deleting the conversation thread. Cause it's so easy to go back on your phone whenever you're lonely and like read all the, I love you messages and all the fun times that you had yeah. together and all that. Yeah, of course yeah. you definitely romanticize the relationship. There was an interesting article that I sent you guys written by uh, Olivia Petter on independent. And she talks about on and off relationships and how they actually hurt your, uh, they might be toxic for your mental health. And this is based on some research claims that they've done some studies on. She even goes into this article that says, um, in comparison to more stable partnerships, on and off relationships were linked to higher rates of abuse, lower levels of commitment, and poor communication. These types of relationships were associated with greater psychological distress, such as depression and anxiety. Well, and also it could stop you from meeting the person you're supposed to be with because you're spending right. time with this person that you, you know isn't the one, mm-hmm. but you're spending enough time with them that is keeping you away from other possibilities. But maybe they become the right. one. Well, but I also believe in timing of things, right? So if it's not going to work out the first time around, then it could work out the second time around. But, right. but don't make it be on and off again for five years straight. So, yeah. Vanessa, you if would never off, have a, a friends with benefits kind of situation. Never. No. Why? Because <laughs> she's all in or she's all out. You, she wouldn't be yeah. in, a, in a halfway situation. Well, let's, Listen, yeah, let's put, uh, let's, women, we can all please ourselves. We don't need to have, like, someone else there to please us and to, like, with our brains so yeah, i'm I mean, like if if i'm gonna be with someone i'm gonna be with them 100 percent in a relationship it, whoever has friends and benefits relationships i'm all for that i wish i could do that but i i just know i mentally cannot because i know how sensitive i am and how i can form feelings for someone maybe i shouldn't have feelings for you know it gets sticky so i just can't do it people, people that can i mean Man, good for you. Well, let's set the record straight. Good or bad, friends with benefits. Do we think it's a good thing or a bad thing? I think at the end of the day, it's a bad thing. 
I think eventually it always becomes a bad thing because somebody catches feelings and there's no way to avoid that. And I think this article talks about it. Well, Easton, yeah. Easton, what are your thoughts? <laughs> You've been very silent over there the entire podcast. <laughs> I, uh, I had a girlfriend once for three months, but that turned out to be a friends with benefits uh, from her point of view. <laughs> Wait, did you guys have, I thought she was my girlfriend. She uh, was not. Wait, did you guys ever sit down and have a conversation about, uh, uh, hey, we're boyfriend, girlfriend, or you just assumed? I mean, I, I just assumed. I mean, like, we were going on a lot of dates. Uh, I, I, we were taking her to do stuff. I think I introduced her to my family. Oh. And then, uh, and we were Aww. sleeping together a lot. And then um, at one point, I was like, uh, I said the word. I was like, um, oh, yeah, you're uh, like, such a good girlfriend or something like that. She's like, whoa, 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 buddy. Wow. Wait, wait, hey. <laughs> you got the wrong idea here. Uh, but in well, that case, it's fine, I think. <laughs> Friends I think it's fine in the moment, but I do yeah. think, like Mark said, at some point, it's going to have to go in one of two directions, either in a committed relationship or you guys really cut it off and date other people. It has a shelf life. It ends oh, ugly. Absolutely. But, but Dean has a strong opinion on this, and I can tell. I, I don't have it. a strong opinion. Yeah, I think you do. <laughs> Let's just hear your opinion. I think you're we'll pro. Decide. I think you're pro FWB. I would probably say I'm definitely more pro than everyone else in this room. Yeah. But maybe as long as you're clear with your intentions from the start, I think that's mm -hmm. how they always start. Maybe you just need like a concert reminder, like every couple of weeks, every month or so. I'd be like, hey, just to remind you, like we're not going anywhere. Have you ever had a friends with benefits situation that didn't end well? Every like, single, well. They always end badly, don't they? Okay. I had one that just fizzled. And it was fine. It was fine. And you yeah, stay friends it just kind of stopped happening. It no, just happened go. less and less frequency. And then that was the end of that. Yeah. We didn't stay friends afterwards, no. I, so I had this... <laughs> we're going to get personal here for a second, right? Well, we don't have to... Not, not recently, to. but a while ago. Um, I had a friend who expressed interest in me, and she was best friends with my best friend, and they were dating, right? So, so my best friend was dating her best friend, and then she expressed interest in me, and she was like, hey, I think we should... you know." Wait, sorry. She was dating your best friend, or no, no, her no. friend was dating your best her friend? Her best friend was dating my best friend. Oh, so you go out as a, as a foursome sometimes because they bring their they friends? They were like double dating, but they were, like she was over often. We would okay. you know, run the same social circles, all that kind of stuff. And she expressed interest in saying like, hey, I think we should hook up. And I, I was very proud of myself because I said, no, I don't think we should hook up because I think if we were to hook up, it would ruin our friendship. And like we always see, like, have to see each other a lot. You're dating my best friend's girlfriend, mm -hmm. right? Like that kind of thing. Um, and so for, for that, I guess I was anti friends with benefits because I knew how much it could potentially ruin and make things awkward, mm -hmm. the friendship that we already had. And it wasn't like a great friendship. Like we didn't like hang out solo, but it was like a lot of like social settings where, um, we'd always kind of be in the same space. And so, you were a thousand percent sure she would not be a good girlfriend for you potentially. Uh, Yes, and I didn't want to. I don't think I ever wanted to date her. I didn't have interest in ever dating her, and so I put the I set it straight, put the nail on the head, whatever the saying is, and I said, "No, this is a bad idea." So you put the nail on the head, but you guys didn't hook up, right? <laughs> Vanessa got it. Put the nail on the head, but didn't nail the head with my head. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. okay, well, hey, that, there it is. I have a question. Finger guns. So let's say I was having this, this discussion with a friend of mine, and I don't know how the topic came up, but so let's say you're casually, how do you know, like, okay, you're, you're the beginning stages of dating someone, right? But you're dating someone, let's say, for three months in, but you haven't said that you're boyfriend and girlfriend yet, but you know that, you, you know, at least that you're not sleeping with anyone else, and you assume that that person isn't sleeping with anyone else either. <laughs> Then you casually go through their bag or something, and you find condoms in their oh their luggage. You find condoms in their luggage, and they had just came back from a, a vacation or whatever. Sure. Not with you. Now, are you happy that a 
they brought condoms on the trip so that if they were to hook up with anyone else, they were using protection, or B, upset that they actually thought about bringing condoms in case they were going to hook up with someone. Or C, why are you going through his luggage in the first place? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I think if you're casually hooking up with someone, you really have to talk to them and ask if they're hooking up with other people because that opens up another can of worms. Um, So... I mean, it's good they're bringing condoms. I think it's all bad. I, I think it's, it's all. I think it's all good. <laughs> well, Mark, why do you I think do. it's all bad? I, Mark, think it's all bad because he either hooked up while he was gone, or he had every intention of hooking up while he right. was gone, which might even be worse than doing it. The intention of doing it means that he's not all into your situation. No, maybe he's just planning for a scenario. If it does happen, then he's ready for it. Like maybe there's yeah. an like an insatiable urge, an un fightable force out there that's telling him he needs to hook up with this girl he just met on vacation and he's prepared now because he like you know but yeah, he, I mean, but he, he's involved with not Vanessa but you did say it no, in first no, no, person you said it in first person but the, yeah it's the, 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 he's involved with somebody but not in a committed relationship they haven't had the conversation they need to have the conversation they do need to have the conversation no, be, okay. dating one like dating around is one thing but sleeping around is a completely different one yes and i don't think you should assume either you shouldn't assume we're committed we shouldn't assume we're not committed i agree communication is key communication is key but then <laughs> by bringing it up then you're putting so much pressure on right. the relationship or lack of relationship and that's and that's, and that's why i didn't know what to tell her cuz i'm like well if you it, and that that was my thought process too i'm like well if you if you mention it now, then it's like... Why are we scared of pressure? Because... What? Why are we scared of pressure? Because you don't want to be pressured into doing something that you don't want to do. But don't you think that in sometimes, specifically in dating and relationships, that we really overthink things? And if we're with somebody for a couple months and hooking up, and while we're not in a committed relationship, the idea of not discussing, hey, are you having sex with other people, I think is right. ridiculous because it doesn't put pressure on the relationship. Like... If it's if you ask on the first date, hey, if we're gonna sleep together, we're only sleeping with each other, then of course that's putting pressure on it. But after a couple of weeks, like you can't run away from the pressure anymore. You guys have hooked up a couple of times. It's it it's the elephant in the room. Uh-huh. I think I think it's just like ignorance is bliss situation. Yeah, but then what? <laughs> it's, such a, it's great because Jared's now in a committed relationship, and you can tell by everything he says. And Dean's not, and you can tell by everything he <laughs> no, says. No, I completely agree with what you're saying, Dean. Uh, I, I completely understand with what you're saying, but I think for me, dating around is very different than sleeping around. Uh, certainly, of course. Uh-huh. Once you sleep uh-huh. together, you have to have the conversation. Is this person Vanessa sleeping with this guy? Uh, I assume so. Then I, <laughs> I don't. I guess. Then he shouldn't be bringing condoms on a trip. Or what if, if they're old condoms? Right. What if they're old condoms? What do you mean, like expired oh, condoms? Yeah. What if they're yeah, souvenirs like, like from pre predating this relationship? Right. That could right. be a very well, that could be true. I I have condoms in places I have not been to in many years. <laughs> he open Ethan opens up the condom like a puff of smoke comes out. Exactly. Dust. They're not safe to use. I don't intend on using them. That's actually that's actually a really good point. Maybe he put the condoms in his bag two years ago right. and they're still totally. there. Well, that's what he should say no matter what the case is. Yeah, the, well, of course. Oh, reason. so now we're advocating lying. <laughs> oh, the joke. Oh, I don't know. I just I think I disagree with a lot of what you guys are saying today, and that probably makes me wrong. No, not at all. <laughs> I think it makes for an, a very interesting topic, and yes. a topic of conversation. I'm very firmly in the minority in this No, but what is the whole podcast now. if we always agreed on everything? Yeah. Exactly. Comes up. Completely agree. Uh, we didn't get a lot of emails this week, uh, and, it, and so let's give the email address again. I suck at dating at iheartmedia.com. Uh, I pulled a few, though. Annika just got a new apartment. She's been dating someone for six months, and she wants to move in with this guy. Is it too soon? It's a very quick one. 
Six months. Dating six uh-huh. months. She just got her own place. She'd like this guy to move in with her. She has known him for four years, but only dating six nah, months. Nah, I'm moving in with you. I think that's yeah. enough time. I mean, obviously. No. Yeah. Why are no. you saying no, Vanessa? Listen, I just moved into my place, and I'm so happy coming home and doing my own thing, walking around naked, cooking, like. Wait. Do you say this is this is an email or is Anna on the phone right now talking to us? <laughs> but like, Vanessa, you're different than Anna. Just because you just did this doesn't mean Anna. Like if she's considering doing it, she's known the guy for no, four years. I, yeah, but how long have they been dating? They've been dating six, six months. Six months. Sure, but exactly. they've been friends so, for four years. And if she's thinking no. about it, I think she should just go for it. I also would say, from experience, uh, my fiance now we've known each other for three years. We only dated for about four months before I moved in mm. and I've moved in for two months now. I'm very, very happy. It's a good point. I think yeah, age... but how old is, how old is, is it? Her, is her name Annika? It all depends Anna. on how old she is. I agree. If she's 21, yeah, that makes a difference. That's a big factor here. We don't know her age to me. If yeah. you're 33, well, move in together. If you're 20, yeah, hold off. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We all agree. Okay. Perfect. I disagree. <laughs> Not Dean. <laughs> well, all right. So let's <laughs> hypothetically, hypothetically speaking, Dean, if this girl's 23 years old, what do you think? Move in. If she's if she's wondering whether he should move in with her, I don't know what her concerns would be. Like I guess it puts a lot of pressure on the relationship. But you should, like you said, why should we be afraid of pressure? I agree to that. But having said that, there is a big difference between living with someone and not living with them. You know, because if you're dating someone, even if he spends five nights over there, there's still those two nights where you get to kind of decompress and be by yourself. Where once they move in, you don't get that anymore. It's twenty four seven. When you're home, mm-hmm. they're home, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I would say that there is a big difference. So I agree with Mark. Depending on the age is where I would lie on this issue. Have you ever lived with a woman, Dean? Um, no, not fully. There was one time where I was between apartments for like a month, and I lived with my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend at the time, actually. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and it was fine. Granted, I did like sleep in my office probably about twice a week just because I enjoy having my own space in yeah. a long time. Um, <laughs> so you were... That was an X at the time when you guys were in. I'm sorry. It was just the way you said it. I was like, wow. Well, it's just, I mean, if we're for the sake of honesty, if, you know, this is a podcast and we expect everyone to be honest, Vanessa. Were you guys, were you, were you guys <laughs> friends? Were you, were you guys friends? Yeah, we were very good friends. Yeah. So it was kind of an issue where, like, you needed a place to stay. She was still there for you. I don't see anything and wrong And did you hook up while you were there? Uh, uh, of course we did. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. But your feeling, Dean, is if you both are into it, go for it, right? Is that your basic, it's kind of a simple thought? Yeah, why not? And hey, I'm I'm behind that as well, unless, like we talked about, it's like 21. Sure. She's like 21. Yeah, okay. Whatever, I'm messy. It's fine. I get it. I get it. I agree, you know. Uh, Danelli's coming up on a year with a guy, and she's in love, and she's so, and she's have, happy, but her anxiety is causing some problems in her relationship. She's had bad experiences in the past, and, she, and her anxiety really kicks in when he says he went out with a particular friend group because there's girls in that group that he slept with. Uh, or he's going to lunch with all women co-workers, and he's the mm-hmm. only guy that really causes her anxiety to spike. I've expressed my discomfort about this, but I don't find it getting better. It's my anxiety, but it's happening more than I'd like. Do I just need to get over it? And how do I do that? Help, I don't want to suck at dating. Mm. I don't think you suck at dating at all. I like that. Yeah, Vanessa, what are your thoughts about it? My initial thoughts are you have, (laughs) you're in the right. Like, that's weird for him to be hanging out in a group of girls that he used to hook up with. Yeah, that is, yeah. That's pretty weird. That is pretty weird. Vanessa, what are your thoughts about it? Yes, if if it was a group of friends that he was just friends with, then I'd say, well, not so weird. But if the fact that he had romantic relations with these women, um, yeah, I would shut that down. Yeah. Totally. That's... And he needs to respect your feelings on that. 
Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we always say yeah. on this show that you know there are the only rules in a relationship are the rules that the two of you establish. And mm-hmm. I think not yeah. hanging out with people you've slept with before is a decent rule. I think I it's fine. Yeah. Question for you guys: a similar situation, but a little bit different. Um, I was actually recently just talking to an ex-girlfriend, and we were kind of doing like a post-mortem thing of like why didn't our relationship work out, which I think can be beneficial for both parties. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. it, it has its drawbacks of talking to an ex, whatever, whatever. That's not the point here. Um, Back a couple years ago, I had a very close friend who was a girl while I was dating this girl that I'm talking to now in this story, whatever. Um, And every Tuesday, we would go to the movies together, me and this friend of mine who was a girl. It was just us two that would go to the movies while I was dating this other girl. And at the time, she never expressed any concern. But just recently when we were talking and she was like, yeah, like, what the hell? Why were you going to a movie every Tuesday with this other girl? And it was purely friend, purely friends, platonic. We never hooked up anything like that. Never had any interest. Never before or never, during. Never before, oh, during or after. Okay. Um, and she was like, she was like, I never told you at the time, but looking back on it, like that was really weird that every week you'd go to a movie yeah. with this other girl who she was also yeah. friends with. It was like we were all friends. Um, would she ever come to the movie? The three, would all three of you ever go to a nope, movie? No, just it was always just me and the other girl. And there was never any interest on my end to mm-hmm. pursue anything physically, romantically with the girl. I obviously can't speak for her specifically, but- uh-huh. I just learned recently from my ex-girlfriend that she always thought it was really weird. And so it sounds like it's a similar situation, minus yeah. the whole fornicating beforehand and all that. But It really depends on your friendship with the girl. Like, I'm friends with a girl back home. Her name is Crystal. Like, if you met us, it, we're like brother and sister. Right. But, like, initially, it's always weird for me to say, one of my best friends is a girl back home. They're like, yeah. oh, that's right. weird. Until they meet her, and they're like, oh, never mind. Your relationship is completely platonic. You guys are brother and sister. Uh-huh. But there are, and we've talked about this on, on podcasts in the past, where there will be people who who are friends with somebody that's in a committed relationship simply because they want to, whatever they call it, zombieing, or, you know, they want to hang around because they do cushioning. They do have more feelings for this person than they're leading on. And they're just hoping that it, well, yeah, and there's and no way to know there. that. I will say this. I think this is an important facet to the story as well is her and I were going to the movies before the other girl and I began boyfriend being boyfriend and girlfriend. So it's, it was like oh, grandfathered into before. the situation. Yeah. Right. And so I agree that, ah, man, that's tough. It all, it, God, it's tough. Opposite sex friendships are strange in relationships. Yeah, they're hard. They do cause issues. Yeah. They do cause conversations and uncomfortable. Of course. And, and I think in a lot of relationships, those relationships kind of just fade to the side. Like, mm-hmm. like, like your all your friends kind of fade to the side yeah. at a certain point in a relationship, just because that's how it happens. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. sometimes it needs to happen because if they're not comfortable with it, that's kind of got to come first. I will say this to our to the emailer that sent this in. The one thing that I regret most out of all of that. Is that I didn't know it at the time. Like if my girlfriend at the time came up to me and said, "Hey, this makes me uncomfortable," a hundred percent I would have cut it off. Oh, yeah. okay, that's good. But it sucks mm-hmm. hearing that it made her uncomfortable after the fact because then it was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I was doing something that made you uncomfortable." I I'm find sorry. that interesting because I feel like you're the kind of guy that digs in your heels and say, "You don't tell me how to live my life. I'm not doing anything wrong." Hundred percent right. But I still would do everything in my power to not make her uncomfortable. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Of but I am very stubborn and hard-headed, and I very much like I'm going to live my life the way that I want to live it. Yeah. Um, but if something makes you uncomfortable, I think as Jared made the point earlier and as we do often is communication is super important. Yeah, I agree. No, I think that's really good advice for all our listeners out there is that if there is something that's making you feel uncomfortable with the relationship, vocalize it because if not, it's just going to fester and grow into a bigger problem than it actually is. For example, with your ex-girlfriend, if she simply just said something, you would have cut that movie Tuesday night off. Theoretically. Yes. So I think that's no, I think that's a good tidbit for communication. So Danelli. Your partner needs to respect your feelings here, but also the anxiety is going to continue to be a problem 
And even if you stop seeing these other people, there's going to be other stuff that causes a spike. So I wonder if therapy might be a good idea. Talking to somebody might be a good idea because jealousy at that level, which I have experienced on both sides, mm-hmm. I've been that guy that's super jealous and have experienced it the other way too. It really, it's just a poison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything you can do to kind of tamp that down, I think is going to be good for you and your future with this person or whoever it may be. Do you ever, I, I always kind of go back and forth on this, whether jealousy is a good or bad thing. Uh, I think it's Good a to a certain extent. Healthy, I think. I yeah. agree. I right. Okay. So it's a little bit of a little bit of okay. Well, so my thing is, I've been in relationships where I have zero jealousy, don't care what the other person does in terms of like just hang out with whoever else. But then I'm always like, do I? Am I not jealous because I just don't care enough? Mm-hmm. And then I've been in relationships where I'm insanely jealous, and every time um, the girl that I'm dating goes out, whether it's with guys or girls, I'm like, like kind of, I like see myself. I'm like, you're being incredibly unreasonable and jealous right now. But I think it's just mm-hmm. because I had stronger feelings for that person. And so that's kind of where I was like, you're jealous because you care. And I've been in a situation where I wasn't jealous. So then I look back and I'm like, well, did I ever really care then? You know what I mean? Vanessa, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think the more you're into someone, the more emotionally invested you are into the relationship. And there's certain things that either A, I always say this. And I remember once I was uh, broken up with, my aunt told me something that stuck with me. And I'm like, I can't wait to find this person that. A, will not bring out my insecurities. Of course, we all enter relationships with our past insecurities, our past hurts, and things that have gone uh, in a, in things that have happened in our past relationships. And I think it's important to find someone that's not going to bring those insecurities up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a little bit of jealousy, not even just jealousy, just a little bit of like playful, like, Oh, right. You're going out with that group tonight, eh? Like, just something that's, like, flirtatious and not harmful to the relationship, I think is healthy. Yeah, I agree. It's all about balance. I think that you need a little jealousy in your relationship because, I mean, I've heard about uh, couples breaking up because, like, one party is like they never get jealous i could hang out with anybody it's like they don't care (laughs) so you don't ever want your significant other to think that you don't care so a little bit of jealousy is good but you also don't want to be the guy punching the wall saying you can't hang out with this guy when it's her you know cousin i know (laughs) my wife would never cheat on me and a lot of i've been told that that's naive for any spouse to think that about their spouse but i really know that she never ever would so i'm not a jealous person in my current in my current marriage in my marriage uh but uh, when we're out, maybe at a wedding reception or at a bar or something, and I see a guy come up and start talking to her, I'm like, excuse me, hi, hello, <laughs> totally. can we not do this right now? See that ring finger? And yeah, she kind of yeah. likes that when I kind of step in. I and does that. Yeah. I find that so sexy. The guy <laughs> that I'm dating comes up like, kind of interferes with the conversation or like, you know, says like a comment. I'm like, yeah, that's right. He notices that I'm still being checked out. He notices that guys still want me and he's coming in to interfere. I agree. I like that. As yeah. a guy, you don't want your girlfriend to ever think that you don't care. So I think exactly. that's perfect, Mark. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Jared? No. And on that note, we'll wrap it up. We, we, sorry, the comment thing earlier. <laughs> well, wait. Does, <laughs> before before we wrap it up, though, yes. something interesting did happen to our, our friend Jared here just the other day. Oh, yeah. I wanted to mention on the podcast very quickly. Yeah. I met Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. Ooh. It was one of the biggest cool. moments of my life. It was amazing. So back in, when I was on uh, season two of Bachelor in Paradise, somebody came in and was like, oh, he kind of resembles Ashton Kutcher. And then I was told that all my life, like in my early 20s, that I looked like Michael Kelso. 
So anyway, so then on Bachelor in Paradise season two, Asha Kutcher posted a picture of me on Twitter back in 2015. And was like, who is this guy? Why is Mila making me take this photo? I was like, holy crap, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. insane. And then they, there was like all these articles written about it. It was such a cool moment. And then fast forward to Dean's season of The Bachelorette when Rachel was the lead. Ashton Kutcher, who you met, Dean, mm-hmm. uh, and Mila Kunis was a guest on their show. And it was so funny because Ashton Kutcher at one point said, yeah, I started watching the show ever since that guy uh, Jared was on there who people said I looked like or looked like me. And I was like, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> so, like, there's that been these so cool. little things. And then I was at the ping pong tournament for Clayton Kershaw's charity on Thursday night at Dodger Stadium. And then we were, lo- Ashley and I were there and we were looking on the board of who was there. And of course, it said Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. And we were like, holy crap. We have to at least try to meet them. And so we were standing there. Ashley and I were eating a cheeseburger. We look over to our right, and then there's Ashton Kutcher and Milan Kunas. And we're like, holy crap, we got to say something. So we walked up, super nervous. And it was so cool because we walked up, and then like Ashton saw us, and he was like, no way. No way. <laughs> And like it was just like one of those moments that I'll just never forget. And that Mila, is so cool. It was awesome. And that then Mila Kunis cool. was like, "Group hug, guys. Bring it in. Congratulations." Amazing. And it was so cool because they were, they were like, "Yeah, we're big fans of the show." And then we were talking about our wedding, and then we were like, "Oh yeah, you know, we want Tanner to officiate." If you remember Tanner, and she's like, "Yeah, Tanner Jade. They have a little baby girl." I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> you are a fan." Wow. But how cool that they know you and they knew your story. Yeah, and they knew, that, that is, is cool. so amazing. So, one of the most surreal moments of my yeah, life. Did you invite them to the wedding? Oh, of course. And then they were like, don't, because we'll actually come. We're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> you should come. Um, but it was such a cool moment just to hang out. And, like, all of those things happened, um, you know, previous seasons of The Bachelor. And uh, it was just cool to have that moment. Because everybody always told me, they're like, you're definitely going to meet him at some point. You know, you're definitely going to meet Ashton Kutcher at one point in your life. And I was like, no, I'm not. And then all of a sudden, bada bing, bada boom. Ashley and I get to meet Ashton and Mila and like just kind of just hang out with them and they gave us marriage advice and because um, it was it was pretty interesting to hear about them because they were publicly you know very publicly known that they were friends beforehand um, before mm-hmm. they got married for years and so it was really cool just relating on that uh, subject and just talking to them about everything and anything so and he was wearing a Bears jacket so we talked football for a while it was just such a cool moment that I never thought I'd have in my life and the fact that we walked up to them and they recognized us was just it's awesome one of those surreal moments you're like yeah that's cool very lucky so uh well yeah it was cool i mean it was a cool moment yeah. <laughs> uh, humble brag humble brag yeah. well yeah well that's uh that's it for us guys thank you to- so much for tuning in to another episode of help i suck at dating we want to thank jet suite x yeah. which are all flying out to the iheart festival big thank you to l super excited for that big thank you to l El Huerta from Mend App. You should go check that out. Easton, Mark, as always, you guys are wonderful. Please keep sending those emails. Those are our favorite part of the show. And once again, join the Facebook group, uh, Help I Suck at Dating. You can also follow us on Instagram. Guess what our handle is? Help, Help I, I Suck, suck at, at Dating. dating. Yeah. Um, Dean, as always, you're incredible. Vanessa, you're amazing. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you tune in next week where hopefully we all suck a little less. Follow Help I Suck at Dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs>